I hate coffee, but I love coffee shops. How can this be? Well, you see, I hate coffee that's made from coffee grounds like Folgers or the Dunkin' Donuts brand or whatever it might be. That's not my forte. I'm more of a person that enjoys the cappuccino or the mocha or the latte. And so every now and again, I find myself in a coffee shop. I write for a hobby, and so I go there to write and to uh, reflect and to prepare something either for publication or whatever it might be. And as I'm there, I'm attentive to what's going on around me, who's coming in, who's leaving, the different groups of people. I also like to people watch. And as I've been going now for you know the past few months, every now and again going to the coffee shop, uh, inevitably, what I experience and what I hear is some Christian group from Oshkosh, from a non-denominational church. And it could be a one-on-one -on -one meeting, it could be a small group meeting, but I happen to overhear their conversations because they're sitting in close proximity to me. Now, when I go, I don't typically go dressed as a priest. I might go with, you know, in an Oxford or a sweater or maybe in a black shirt without the collar. And so no one knows that I'm a priest while I'm there. And so neither does this group. And that allows me to hear what they're saying. Sometimes they don't say nice things about Catholics. But, uh, but what I've come to hear also is kind of the direction that they're going with their church, what they're doing, what they're reading, what they're studying in small groups. And what I've heard is something very common that we've begun to talk about as Catholics, but it's a word that's been a part of the Protestant vocabulary for many years, and that's discipleship, to become a disciple of the Lord and emphasizing that we're all disciples and we're all trying to become better disciples of the Lord. Now, Pope Francis has talked a lot about discipleship, and our bishop, Bishop Ricken, has focused on discipleship for several years as a pathway for our diocese. He calls it Disciples on the Way. And we ourselves now are immersing ourselves in this language and literature of discipleship, coming to learn more and more about it. Every year from January 18th to January 25th, the Catholic Church and all Christians throughout the world who profess the name of Jesus celebrate the week of prayer for Christian unity. It's eight days of prayer, praying that one day we all might be one, to fulfill that prayer of Jesus that he made when he was in the garden right before he was arrested. And as I think about the week of prayer for Christian unity and my recent encounters at the coffee shop, I wonder, what is the common theme that can unite all Christians? I can't help but think it's that idea of discipleship, that that's something that can unite us, whether we're Catholics or Lutherans or Presbyterians or Methodists or go to some non-denominational church, that we are all called to be disciples. In our, in our second reading today from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, Paul writes about unity. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose, that you all might be united with the same mind and the same purpose. And during this week of prayer for Christian unity, I think discipleship is the very thing that can unite us 
in a single mind and a single purpose to become better followers of Jesus. Many of you might know that I work in the discipline of Mariology, the study of Mary. And one thing that I found that as we work with Protestants in the study of Mary, that the one thing that does unite us as believers is the Bible, even though the Bible can cause division because we as Catholics have seven extra books of the Bible uh, that the Protestant Bible doesn't have. But what unites Catholics and Christians about Mary is turning to the Gospels and seeing how Mary lived her life. And as I've been studying Mary and discipleship and giving presentations on it, I went to a library, I got all the journal articles on Mary and discipleship, about eight of them, and I read them all. And there was one article that struck me in particular because it was from a Baptist preacher and theologian that this Baptist wrote on Mary and how she is a model for discipleship. He was able to use the scriptures and to find some commonality that they who don't typically look to Mary as an example, that they could find that common thread with us in terms of that dialogue on Mary, that even discipleship can unite Protestants and Catholics on the topic of Mary. Now, there are many other things that I think can unite us, that we are of single mind and single purpose, but sometimes our attitudes or our mentalities might get in the way. This happens, for example, uh, in the cases of morality. Lots of faith traditions and us agree on different issues of morality, on life and marriage, on capital punishment, on immigration and refugees. We agree on many of those topics. But because some of them look to the Catholic Church and say, that's the Antichrist. Catholics are not going to heaven. They are not saved. Because we put up a barrier there, we're not able to talk about what helps us, what we share in common, such as those very issues. And so to be of single mind and single purpose, that's what St. Paul wants. That's what Jesus prayed for. In our gospel that we just heard tonight, Jesus calls four of his 12 disciples, and he calls them essentially by name, inviting them to follow him. And what happens after they leave everything and they follow Jesus? To be a follower means that someone is in front and they're behind and they're following Jesus, that they've left everything behind and they want to be with him and that they're following him. Again, that's something that unites us that we're all followers of Jesus, that that's what we're called to be, his disciples, to allow him to take the lead and for us to learn from him, from him who is the teacher. And that's the call for us. And maybe we ask ourselves, well, what is it in terms of relations with other faith traditions that God is calling us to? Maybe it's simply to talk about discipleship. Ask them if they're talking about it at church. Maybe it's sharing a little bit of your faith. Or maybe it's simply joining the church throughout the world in prayer for Christian unity this week. Because really, that's at the heart of what Jesus wants. The great commission that Jesus gives right before he ascends to the Father in heaven, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what we as a church have tried to do. That's what other faith traditions are doing. That's truly something that can unite us. And once we realize that we're following the same Lord and that we're seeking the same destiny of heaven, truly then we can be of same mind and of same purpose.